And a pleasant good evening, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. I'm Jeff Joniak with the head coach, Matt Nagy, as we break down yesterday's 19-11 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Good evening, Coach. How you doing? And uh, when, you, when you looked at the tape, uh, anything pop out that, that concerns you at the moment? Because you can't spend a lot of time at it, frankly, because of uh, Tampa Bay coming in on Thursday. Yeah, you're right, Jeff. I mean, we had to buzz through it real quick and just kind of see to confirm what we thought we saw. And I think, you know, um, stating the obvious, you got to score more than 11 points. You just can't have that. It is a good defense we played against, but we can be a lot better. Uh, offensively, couldn't get into a rhythm, um, struggled to establish the run game. Uh, and then third down, you know, wasn't good enough, four for 14. So uh, that, that was that. Special teams, uh, too many penalties, block punt, uh, so we can be better there. I thought our kickoff return was just okay. Uh, and then defense, uh, it did, you know, a couple third downs that we gave up. And for the most part, Jeff, I really felt them flying around. Overall, what types of things that you try to do, you just couldn't seem to get going in the right direction. That may be some of what they did. I know you always like to say you want to dictate and you, you have to worry about what you guys do now, what they do, but they, they did do some things well. They seem to be very sticky defensively. Yeah, you know what, Jeff? I think you hit it on the head there. I think that um, they, they probably – you walk out of this game, and, and at least for their, their purposes on defense, they dictated a lot of what, what went on yesterday offensively. And, and so um, it's, it's back to the drawing boards for us. So, sometimes you have these type of games that you got to use uh, and you stay positive and, and you, you figure out the why part, and I think we'll do that. This is Matt Nagy on the Bears Coaches Show. Jason Lascauzo, the strength and conditioning coordinator, will join the program at the bottom of the hour. Uh, let's, let's break down the, the, the line of scrimmage. I know we talked before the game in our pregame interview right before kickoff, and I, I suggested that this could be one of these trench warfares. Did it turn out to be that way, where you have to ball up your fist and try to fight your way out of it? It was. It definitely was. And I think, um, you know, when you look at it going into it, we knew that defensively we were going to have to stop the run. And really, for the most part, there was one or two runs, one of them being at the end of the game where they got a nice little chunk on it. But, but I really felt our guys up front uh, accept that challenge and do a great job of stopping the run overall for the course of the game. Offensively, again, I, I keep saying it. I know that we can be better and, and I have no, you know, no doubt we will, but we got to do it. You know, you have to be able to run the football and you got to be able to get some chunks too. It can't always be second and eight, second and nine. And, and our, our guys will understand that that's, that's, uh, that's, that's part of the game. And we just get, and then we got to scheme better as well. Now, one of the things, uh, let's talk defense for a moment too, because they only allowed 2.8 a carry. The two long runs of 16-plus or two plays of 16-plus, that was really it. And you hold the team to 19 points. Yes, everybody could play better. Pass rush could get home better, make the hits on the quarterback better. But, you know, that's, that's a pretty solid performance by the defense. Yeah, it is. And, and, again, that's what I felt yesterday at the end of the game. I thought situationally, we've shown it all year long now, Jeff, defensively when teams were kind of a bend but don't break deal where teams get in that red zone and we're not giving up touchdowns. We're making teams kick field goals. And so that's a credit to, to Chuck and, and those guys, uh, those players playing hard and playing fast. It, it's going to end up helping us out in the long run. Let's break down Nick Foles' uh, first start. He, he said, you know, I need to execute better. But overall, how did you look at his performance? Well, again, you know, there, there's a calibration through this process. And when I say that, there's a, there's a calibration for him uh, having his first start, you know, since last year, getting into a groove and trying to figure out the best way that he plays with his teammates. And then there's also, Jeff, a calibration for us as coaches with Nick and how does he work. And so uh, you, you've, you heard me say it last week. There's going to take a little bit of time here trying to figure out how this thing goes with him. 
And that's where, you know, with it being early on in the season, four weeks in, uh, we need, that's our job now is to, to get that calibrated as best as we can. And then how does that flip to the guys who's throwing the ball too? Yeah, the same thing. Again, those guys, just the timing of where they're at with their routes and understanding schematically where we're at. Just all, We're always going to talk about detail and routes and making sure we're exactly where we need to be. And the defense is always, there's moving parts. And sometimes you got to just win and execute. That's just sometimes how this game goes. And I thought yesterday you saw that towards the end of the game. Our guys, our wide receivers, tight ends made some plays. And uh, we, we, uh, the, the biggest thing is going to be for us just to continue to stay positive and work through this. Uh, a guy like Anthony Miller, is that an area of where you got to stay positive from, from his point of view? Because he's a guy that wants it. I can imagine him being frustrated. But I think uh, he's like 5 of 14 in terms of catches to targets here in the last uh, couple of weeks after making some big plays. Is there a way to get fine consistency for him somehow just to, to have him feel some success and, and help out a little bit here in, in taking the pressure off A-Rob and the tight ends? Yeah, and, you know, Anthony's playing a lot in the inside and in the slot, and so there's going to be some some traffic in there. There's going to be a lot of contested catches, and so what we can do is find ways to kind of get him some some easier catches to get going. He obviously made that huge catch last week for the win. Uh, and, and we have a lot of faith in him. And I think that Nick's going to continue to just keep learning what he does and how he runs routes. And then we got to, we got to execute. Heck of a learning on the job role for Darnell Mooney right now as a fifth round draft pick. I know everybody's talked about, it's not too big for him and it's clearly not. Uh, he's going to start seeing a lot more physicality. I, I get, I get the feeling because, uh, not only he can run by you, but he, he's, he's doing a great job in traffic as well. Made a great catch on the 33 yarder. Uh, where, where do you see his progress already after just one month? Yeah, he's every week, Jeff, he's getting better and better. And that's what you love. I think that's the best part of that is being able to see his growth. He's really learning under a Rob on the details of playing that position. And uh, there's going to be times where he makes a mistake here or there, but for him to go up and make that big grab yesterday down the left sideline was, was definitely good to see. Hey, let's talk special teams a little bit. I don't know if you get into the intricacies of it, but on that partially deflected punt, that kind of set a, a poor tone for the day. I think you'd agree, right? Right out of the gate. Yeah, it did. And, and I know Coach Tabes, again, I have a lot, I have so much faith in him and what he does. And he's so, he has so much passion uh, back there with those guys. And, and we really feel like we have uh, one of the best defense or uh, special teams units in, in the game. And so we got to, you know, get back and, and just understand the why parts. And I, I know Coach Tabes and, and Gin will do that. Um, and, and our guys will, they'll, they'll understand that we can't have that at all, let alone the first punt of the game. And, and so we got to bounce back there. And how do you feel about having a veteran back there in uh, Ted Ginn Jr.? Because there are many options on your roster at, to return punts right now, for, for the time being anyway. Yeah, there are. And, and Ted's a guy that we trust. We understand that he's going to, you know, for the most part, make good decisions. And, uh, and that, that's probably the biggest thing while he's back there. Allen Robinson with his second consecutive 100-yard uh, receiving day as the Bears fall 19-11 to to the Indianapolis Colts at Soldier Field. That touchdown catch, though, uh, th those are perfect examples of what he, he does in those areas. He, he gets fights for the ball 50-50, go up and get it type of guy. And uh, I think as the season goes on, more time spent with Nick Foles, I think, uh, and I think you would agree that those are, are more possibilities there for Allen Robinson and, 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 and his quarterback now. Yeah, without a doubt. You can see that that, that catch there, it's a little different than when the ball 
it, when the when the DB is face guarding him or face shield him, he's got to reach around him to get it. When the, when he high points it, he, he has a really, he does a really good job of going up and getting it. And you know, give credit to Nick for giving him a chance. And so we just need to do more of those and have more of that, uh, like we did at the end of the, the Atlanta game, and and do it earlier in the first, second, third quarter. Um, in these next games coming up, I want to talk about Dave Montgomery because uh, yeah, you set a point of attack, and he was just trying to burrow his nose in there, man. It was not happening. It's hitting like a brick wall a little bit with the running game. But he kept, he kept trying, he kept trying. Uh, are we underestimating this guy's physicality and his mental toughness and physical toughness to, to uh, know he's going to get clobbered? Because that was a, a big, sturdy front wall yesterday that uh, the Bears were having to try to, to move out of the way for him. Yeah, you know, Dave, David is uh, just he's a he's a ground and pound type running back that can do a lot of things, um, you know, in between the tackles outside. He breaks a lot of tackles. And yesterday was just one of those days where they did a good job of, of trying to, you know, uh, shut down those lanes that he doesn't have. And so, you know, he'll David's going to bounce back. I, I have all the all the faith in the world in him and, and our coaches and our O-line and our tight ends of getting that back on track. And this is a part of the game. You know, you get tested like this. It kind of tests you, tests you a little bit and, and makes you say, okay, how do we get better? And it's good time. And so our guys will be ready. I always go back to you on this. Yes, you're the head coach, but you're the play caller. What was your level of uh, frustration throughout the course of the game yesterday as we use this term rhythm. Last week we had a bunch of R's, relentlessness, and re, you know, all kind of stuff. But this, I think, I think that would be a fair thing is the rhythm even as a play caller. Yeah, there, there wasn't any rhythm. I think that's probably the, the best word to use for our offense yesterday is that there was no rhythm. And um, it is difficult as a play caller, and that's my job as a play caller to, to try to find ways to get rhythm. And um, you know, whichever way that is, whether it's, it's running the football, you get a rhythm and you hit some play actions and some screens and, or if it's throwing the football and then you pop some runs and, you know, there, once we started losing time and, and we were down two scores, we had to become more one dimensional yet again. So, uh, we, we, I think rhythm's probably a good word heading into this next week. Uh, let's talk defense because there were a couple of potential takeaways. Obviously Khalil Mack, will be thinking about that one for a while. I know he's gotta, he's gotta get rid of it, but, uh, those are probably not as uh, easy as they look. And uh, Roquan with a terrific attempt to get that interception just by a hair, uh, a great play there by Tashawn Gibson. Do As you look back at it, would those two plays make a big difference? Yeah, they would have situationally with where they occurred at. You know, I, I know Khalil. Khalil's an unbelievable athlete, and he probably couldn't sleep last night just being <laughs> able to, to watch that just fall right into his lap. And uh, and then Roquan, what a special play. It's just, you know, you talk about a game of inches, literally his, you know, his foot just being out by an inch uh, is it, tough, but we got to, we got to bounce back from those. And again, I'm just going to go back to, to, you know, there was a couple third downs where Phil Rivers threw the ball up just, and it wasn't like he was wide open. They just made a better play than us. It was good defense. It was great offense. But if we have those back, I thought the defense played really well. And let's talk about Roquan because legend tackles, I think he had 12 or 13 tackles, but, he was playing physical downhill, sniffing out things, and uh, really with his hair on fire yesterday in, in the face of a loss. I mean, I would think that that would be one of your prime players yesterday. That was important for him to, to play like that. And, and, again, you felt that. Um, the defensive line, the outside linebackers, getting pre you know, putting some pressure on Phillip, and then he's getting the ball out to the backs and making plays. The one that jumps out to me in particular is when they threw the little halfback screen yeah. and he just shot out, you know, like a missile and just made a great tackle. And so that's where you felt him. You also felt him on the little flare route uh, down in the red zone. So all around good game by Roquan.
Yeah, well, he is the missile. He's the Montezuma missile. Mm-hmm. There you go. Georgia. I, yep. I, yeah, that's uh, I, and I, I, you know, I talked to him before the game in a feature interview, and you know, just talking about more splash plays because he, he piles up the tackles. He's got the range sideline to sideline. Would you agree that the next level for him is making those splash plays, like blowing up plays like that, or taking an interception, or if he's called on a blitz, get home and, and get the sack and, and get an interception? Or I don't think he has a forced fumble in his career yet. Yeah, yeah, that that would be that. But again, you know. He, that, that play that he made down there in the red zone almost had an interception. And, and you just, as long as you feel him, and then when they're running the football, he's closing up gaps and he's helping out other guys. Sometimes there's plays that are made when he's not making plays. And, and so th- that other stuff will come. But I'm really proud of the way that he's playing right now. I think Coach DeLeon's doing a great job with those guys on the inside. And you, you just feel those guys playing fast. How did, because we haven't talked about this, uh, how did the change in start time affect you guys in any way, shape, or form on Saturday in terms yeah, of – Yeah, it didn't affect us at all. You know, initially the guys are a little bit surprised by it, but then you just you, – you explain to them that, hey, we, we talk about expect the unexpected. we got to be able to adapt and adjust. The Colts are going through the same thing. And, and so as long as they understand that this week right now uh, they trust us in taking care of their bodies and making sure that we give them time to get their rest and heal up and get ready for Thursday night, they're okay with it. I refer to it as contingency 2020 in my lead in because that's the word you've used all along. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's probably not the last time this might happen. No, without a doubt. There'll, there'll be more. I mean, it's, that's just the way this year's going right now. And, and if you get up in arms in it and you get frustrated and you get, you know, out, out of sorts, um, it doesn't do you any good. So we just roll with the punches. Well, what was your conversation like in the locker room with the fellas? What are you, you going to tell them? Yeah, you know what it was, Jeff? It was just um, letting these guys know that, hey, this is uh, we're four games in. Uh, we're currently three and one. Uh, it doesn't matter how you get to it. That's the simple facts. And so it doesn't feel good uh, right after the game when you're in there because you, you lost the game and you're frustrated. But what we have is a bunch of good guys that have been through these moments before, and now we got to you know rally back together. And the good thing of a short week is that when you lose a game, it's a, it's so, uh, I mean, we're already on to Tampa Bay. And before you know it, we're going to be back at the hotel and back at Soldier Field and get, get back out there again to, to try to go to four and one. So that was really the biggest message. There was no yelling and screaming. It was just, let's just stay composed. Let's stay together and let's get back on track. How did you guys get out of the game health-wise? Pretty good. You know, I think uh, in regards to, to Dion Bush, uh, he, has a, he has a hamstring. But other than that, um, I, I, I think that uh, we're really in good shape. So knock on wood. You know, the uh, uh, addition of Tyler Bray uh, to be active uh, in, in terms of the 53-man roster set up some flares out there. What was behind the thinking of that? Because uh, it certainly created a lot of questions. Uh, yeah, necessary yeah, that, necessary. It just It's the way it is right now at the quarterback position. Yeah, no, there, there's absolutely nothing to it. It's just that it was ability to, to flex him up and, and get him up to the active. He can be down there on the sideline with us and – literally nothing to it you know uh mitch had a really good week he was really supportive and great all week long uh in the quarterback room and and so uh you know i i totally understand why there's people that are questioning you know and, and figuring out what's going on but there was absolutely nothing to it all right let's take one more look at the idea with no fans and the, and the sound thing because clearly the league's blowing up point wise um we've talked about it now every single week uh, are the benefits are they gone for home field advantage right now, in a sense. 100%. Yeah, they're gone. There's there's no home field advantage. It doesn't matter where you play. It doesn't matter. Um, when you get down there, you know, third and one, fourth and one, 
Um, you're inside the five yard line um, when the crowd typically, if you're at home and, and the, the defense is up and it's, 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 you know, the offense is on the road and you have the crowd cheering, you don't have that anymore. So it's just a major advantage offense. And so when people want to say, okay, they want, you know, that we got these great pass rushers and they're not, they're not piling up sacks and hitting quarterbacks routinely every week. You have to give that a little bit to this reason, right? I would say, yeah, I think so. And, and again, um, the quarterbacks that use their cadence, uh, you get free plays. Uh, you know, we, we've fortunately, we've gotten four straight games now being able to get a, a defensive offsides, which, which helps. And, um, and so it, it's without a doubt, it's a, it's a weapon uh, if you use it the right way. And, and it's certainly uh, an advantage for the offense on the road. All right, let's look ahead. Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in, and you're in a cramming session right now, but we all know what Tom Brady's still capable of at his age. It's really remarkable when you consider he's in the same draft class as Brian Urlacher, who's already in the Hall of Fame, and he's still throwing five touchdown games. Yeah, that's just what he does, you know. I mean, they're, they're, here's a team that was losing 24-7 to with 45 seconds to go in the second quarter, and all of a sudden a, a try to get out of the half fumble that goes back to Tampa and a touchdown is 24-14, and then they just take over from there. And that's what happens when you have him at quarterback. He's uh, one of the best, if not the best, to ever play the game at that position. You're never out of it. He's, he's only going to get better with that team. And, you know, um, I just think that whenever you have him at quarterback, you're going to have a chance to win. So I guess one of the preach points for you this week is no mistakes, no, no easy giveaways to give that guy a short field at any point in the game. Yeah, if you do that, you're going to be in trouble. It's got to be something where you're able to uh, affect the pocket like any quarterback, but you want to be able to affect it. You know, he's a tall quarterback, so he can, he can see over those, those linemen and over the middle of the field. And, uh, but you got to do that. And then offensively, uh, we have to score more than 11 points. And their defense is uh, nothing to sneeze at. They, they get after it, and they will be coming. Your, your friend Todd Bowles likes to dial up the blitz, and they got a, a big, beefy front line, don't they? Yeah, he'll heat you up. He likes to, to do that, and um, it, it doesn't really matter when or where he's going to do it. And I think that that front line that they have is is playing really well together. Again, there's there's uh, when you have that those guys up front that can get after the quarterback, it's always an advantage and it helps out those DBs. All right, Matt, enjoy your preparation this week. Good luck, and thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. Does your Chicago Bears fandom go beyond the game? The NFL Fan of the Year contest aims to celebrate extraordinary fans who inspire others through football. Visit NFL.com slash Fan of the Year. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show. Pleased to be joined by Jason Lascalzo, the Bears Strength and Conditioning Coordinator. Good to have you alongside tonight. And uh, this is something that I enjoy doing with, with you and the, and, the, and the rest of that side of the building and football operations and staff because it's, it's so interesting. We don't hear about a lot about what goes on other than you know, hearing about the, the blood, sweat, and tears that's put into that weight room and just getting ready for a season. But in the, in, the, in the big sense, big picture sense, now that you look back a little bit, what did you think of the challenges of this offseason? It's a little bit uh, in your rearview mirror. It was difficult. It was a difficult offseason, uh, difficult for everybody uh, across the league. But uh, when you don't get to see the guys, part of, you know, part of the whole thing about strength and conditioning is, you know, the relationships you have with the players and then the relationships you have to build with the new players and, um, you know, the relationships you have with the, uh, with the vets that are coming back. And it's hard when you can't have that one-on-one interaction with guys, especially during the workout stuff. But, you know, we got through it. We, uh, you know, we fought our way through it. <clears throat> um, and I was, I was happy with the, with the results that we got, with, you know, under the circumstances. 
How did you have to reprogram yourself? Uh, you know, it was, I had to think outside the box a heck of a lot more than what I did. Because, again, I'm, uh, you know, I'm more of a relationship guy, you know, the one-on-one or the, the group setting, just having guys there, the, the, the personal interaction you have with the players and, um, you know, finding out what makes them tick, finding out what makes them motivated, you know, the things that they like, the things that they don't like. Um, so I had to do some different things to try and cultivate that. Um, it's hard to do over Zoom, but, um, you know, again, we got through it and we, we figured it out. Jason Lascazzo, our guest here on the Bears Coaches Show, the Bears Strength and Conditioning Coordinator. And this is brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at whipley.com. I got to say, because of the way the season's gone so far, uh, the game's been going down to the wire in the fourth quarter for the most part and requiring, you know, full effort for the full 60 minutes. Uh, These guys, you guys, everybody did a great job. Yeah, you know, I'm really proud of the players and and the way they came back. They came back better than I expected. Um, And that that's a testament to them. That's a testament to their work ethic, a testament to, to their to their motivation this off season. Um, I'm really happy with the way we set up how coach helped, uh, you know, me and my staff and how uh, Ryan Pace and, and, and coach Nagy, they, they helped us set up that, you know, the, the ramp up period that we had this year that was different than any other year. Uh, and I was really happy with how that worked out. And um, I think it was a big time benefit for our players coming back. And again, just kind of ramping into it. We didn't just go full bore right into it. I think the NFL did that right. Um, and then on top of that, the way we set the schedule up and the way we, the way we put it together, I, I really think that was a benefit to us. And, and how we started the season, uh, I think that was a, a definite benefit physically. I'm sure you heard from players, you know, their own concerns about, hey, am I going to really be ready for football here? Did you get any of those conversations in? And how, how do you handle that as a, a strength coach and a, and a guy that has to, you know, they got to trust you and you got to trust them to do, to do the work. That's the big thing is trust. And yes, we did have those discussions, um, you know, one-on-one with some players and even within the group, we let them know from the get go though. Hey, we're here for them. This is, this is for them. This is a player centric league. We got to make sure these guys are ready to go. We got to make sure that these guys feel comfortable. Um, We got to make sure that they know we have their back and that we have their best interests at heart. Uh, and I think they saw that once they saw the schedule and they saw how it worked. I think they saw that we were a couple of days into it. And a lot of guys were excited about the way we did it. Uh, they they, you know, they gave their full effort. They gave us everything we asked plus more. Um, and I think that's shown through the, the, the beginning of the season, not only physically, but also mentally. I think the guys, you know, staying mentally tough and, um, and, and staying in games and, and, you know, we're, we're, we're right where we want to be in terms of, of physically. Uh, obviously, we have a few injuries that, that nobody likes, but that's just the game. And that's the way it goes. We're fighting. Join Bears Care and Advocate Healthcare in raising funds for programs supporting Chicago area breast cancer patients and their families. Purchase your real Bears fans. Wear a pink shirt at chicagobears.com slash pink. Jason Lascaus with the Bears coordinator of strength and conditioning, our guest today. So we're hearing a lot of this now from, from around the league that, okay, you've just completed the preseason. First four games in the rearview mirror. Even though starters don't play in games, they do prepare over the course of training camp for those four weeks before the season opens. Do you Are you in that camp that it feels like the preseason is now over and this is week one coming up in some sense? Um, for me, you know, as a strength coach, not really. I okay. mean, for us, it's, you know, we're – 
when we start the season, you know, we're, we're, we're going, we're ready to go. And like, you know, the whole thing with, with strength and conditioning is if you got to pump the brakes when the season starts, you, you've done something really wrong. So we've got to be, we've got to be careful and we've got to be cognizant of the things that, that we're doing physically uh, to make sure the guys are ready to play every week, no matter what week it is. Um, so you, the one thing you can see though, is you can see guys getting in better shape as we go. That's, that's a definite first four games. You can see the guys are definitely getting in better shape as we go, especially those, those upfront guys, which you just can't mimic that conditioning level for the D line O line. It just, when you're pushing against bodies at full force, that, that, that's something that you have to do in order to get in, in, in shape, in shape for. Um, so as through these first four games, you can see that our, our D line offensive line, they're starting to gel a little bit. They're starting to get in better shape. Um, you know, they, they always play hard. They always work hard. But, again, it's that, that level of, of conditioning that they need that they can only get through playing. So we are getting in better shape. And, um, you know, but as a strength coach, we really don't see preseason versus in-season. It's just basically how we set our workouts up and the mentality we need to have when we're, when we're working out. Uh, what did you have to do more of and what did you have to do less of with the guys when you got them back? Uh, we had to do more uh, movement type stuff. We had to do more movement conditioning stuff. We had to do more uh, movement assessment because we hadn't seen these guys all off season. So we had to find out, hey, where does this guy move well? Where is his deficiencies? Where is he good? Where is he bad? Uh, where are the things we need to improve? Um, so we had to do a lot more of that uh, in the in the ramp up period and in the in the, the quote unquote preseason period. Uh, what we had to do less of was probably more of our, of our, um, and we did less in season type lifting during camp because we're not playing games. We're not playing any preseason games. So we almost had a little bit of a three or four week off season program going. So, you know, we did a, we did a little less of the uh, maintenance quote unquote that we typically do in a camp where we have games coming up. So um it was just a different offseason man it was just really it was really different and uh i enjoyed it i think the, the players enjoyed it i mean it's just one of these things it's everybody's going through it and if you can't enjoy it why are you doing it you know right. everybody has something to complain about i mean what come on this is we're in the nfl this is we're having fun we're we're getting out there we're trying to win a super bowl um and you know we're competitive and and let's go let's just line it up and let's go Embracing the challenge. Jason Lascalzo, our guest, the Bears strength and conditioning coordinator here on Bears All Access on WBBM. Uh, with that being said, you know, when you, when you look at how you typically set up the weightlifting schedule during in-season then, so are, are these guys still tapering now from what they would do to get ready for the season, or do you have them still doing things that they maybe are still catching up on a little bit? Um, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of right into where we like to be. Um, and every team is different. I mean, if you go back to, to, you know, when I first got here in 2018, we were a really young roster, really young roster. Um, and then you fast forward to now we're, we're a veteran roster. We haven't, we have a little bit of an older roster. I mean, we've got guys in their thirties uh, on this team that we have to do things differently because of that. So, um, every year is a little bit different. Every year's set up a little bit different. So with that being said, um, you know, we're, it's hard to compare year to year because, you know, the way we do our workouts, the way I, the way I set things up, it's based off of week to week. You know, I'm not going to look back at 2018 and say, well, we did it in this way in 2018, so we're going to do that now. That's not the way this works. We have a different team. Do the rookies 
get the short sh shift uh, in terms of this off season and then their own ability to, to grow NFL strength? Uh, or is that just kind of whitewashed because that typically isn't the case really until your first true full off season with the rookies? No, I, I think they got shortchanged. Yeah, I, you know, I do. I really do. Um, it's tough when they come in. The first NFL competition they see is in camp. Uh, they don't have any um, any ability to come in and, and 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 work out in our facility and do the things that we want them to do. And again, we have to communicate those things over Zoom and phone calls and text messages, and that just that's just not the same. Again, we did the best we could. I'm proud of where those guys came in, but yeah, I think, I think that was, that was tough for those rookies. When a $250 Jewel Osco gift card of the Bears home gating sweepstakes to keep the snacks flowing on game day, enter at chicagobears.com. Our final moments with Jason Lascauso, the Bears strength and conditioning coordinator, as he gets ready to get his guys uh, on a Thursday night schedule for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to Soldier Field. We'll have it for you starting at 9 a.m. Excuse me, 9 a.m. How about uh, 4.20 p.m.? Off at 7:20. See, I'm still shaking out the cobwebs after a <laughs> short turnaround for broadcasters too, Jason. Hey, you guys um, need an off season too. You're right, exactly. How how important are your eyes right now? And what I mean by that is, as you watch your players daily, uh, hour by hour, when they're in the building, what they're doing and how they're doing it, as a as a sense of relying on uh, what you need to maybe inject into their performance or just their their moment their 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 mental aspect of things I think that's one of the most important things as a strength coach is being able to see what these guys need see where they need help see where they are excelling see where they're starting to, to fall a little bit um, so I think any time of year no matter what time of year I think that's the most important thing to see um, you know and and that's the only way guys improve is when you find the areas that they're, they're starting to fall a little bit in. Cause everybody does. There's everybody has deficiencies, no matter how good you are, where you sit on the totem pole in terms of talent, everybody has deficiencies and uh, we have to find those. And sometimes they change week to week. The deficiencies can change week to week, depending on injury status or banged up or, you know, you know what they're doing mentally and, and, and all that stuff. So I think, Eyes as a strength coach and making sure you're seeing your guys, knowing your guys, um, understanding what they're going through, understanding what they need to do. That, that to me, is the biggest part of the game for us. Are there a couple of players you could uh, throw at us right now in terms of who gained strength that has helped their performance? I know there's been talk um, about James Daniels and his, his lower body strength. This is a big guy in a lower body that I thought, oh, that's, that's surprising to me to hear because I thought he was always just, you know, maybe that natural strength and the lower body. But is that a guy who helped himself in the weight room this offseason? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, James did a great job. Cody Whitehair did a good job. I think you, you see, you're seeing uh, Akeem Hicks coming back on a mission. Uh, the guy that I really – that I'm really proud of is Roquan. I mean, he's come back. He came back. Uh, he came back a beast. That guy's put in a lot of work this off season. And, um, you know, so coming off of his injury, you know, he was able to come in. We were able to work together because of the rules in the NFL. Uh, we were able to work together a little bit um, most of the off season. So he's, he's, he's really come back strong, but you know, most of our guys, we really didn't have anybody that came back again. It, you know, they came back better than I thought. 
we didn't really have anybody that came back and said, "Uh oh, this guy's in trouble." I was impressed with the team as a whole, but yeah, we we had a few outliers, but Roquan probably sticks out the most. Definitely showing up that way because he, he he does look like a beast. He's playing like one too, all over the field, uh, and it's giving him confidence. I think in a in a way that uh, is going to really bounce the rest of his career. All right, Jason, appreciate it all the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a wrap tonight on the Bears Coaches Show. I want to thank our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barilli, Andy Gersher, Lisa Fielding, and Keith Johnson, and most of all, you for listening. Well, the Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting at 420 on Thursday night, kickoff at 720. We'll join you then. For Bears head coach Matt Nagy, strength and conditioning coordinator, Jason Lascazo, I'm Jeff Joniak, wishing you a pleasant good evening. This is News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. Good night, everybody.